Well, all right. How's everybody doing this morning? Good. All right. Welcome. If you're here in person or if you're online, we're so glad that you're here today. If you're here in person, I met a few people at the door who couldn't find their people because we changed the chairs. So I apologize for that. You guys need to make sure you have a, you know, a plan when you come into new places, old places with new chairs, old chairs with new places. I don't know what the, anyway, listen, before we get started, um, a couple quick things. Uh, we talked about the crates and the stuff laying around everywhere. Um, we're not just storing things for the warehouses that are being built around us. It's actually our elevator was delivered and they're going to start installing it tomorrow, which is, ooh, man, this is uh, so exciting. Some progress finally happening upstairs, um, but it's coming. It is going to be finished. They said the elevator, they said probably take them three or four years. So we have that to look forward to. It's going to be great. Uh, so that's happening. And then also... Um, and my hope is that as they get started, it's not spread out even farther, but we'll see how that works out. Um, also, listen, we've been, uh, I gave a quick update last week. Uh, my wife and I and my mother-in-law and father-in-law are leaving on Saturday to go over to um, California for treatment, for like diagnostic stuff and then treatment on the other side of it. So we are so excited about this trip. And I just, again, I cannot say thank you enough to you know, to you who've given support and prayed for us through this process, I am, I mean, I'm just blown away by the support that we received. So thank you so much for helping us uh, get through this and get, uh, you know, pay for this trip. So I'm excited about her getting to go and figure this thing out and get fixed. And maybe we'll see if the surf is happening for me. I don't know. I think I'm a little old for that yet, but we'll see. Nope. I'm as good as I once was. Isn't that how the the thing goes once. Anyway. All right. So we're getting ready to, uh, we're going into week number seven of the Beatitudes. So this series it's, and I'm going to tell you, these have been convicting to me. They've been kind of difficult to go through. And if you're, if you're, uh, if you're not careful in how you think about it, it's like every single week now we're on the seventh thing that we have to do better. We have to get, like, I'm like, every single one, I'm like, oh, I could do that better. I could, yeah, I need to do that. I'm not doing that very well. I'm, oh, I'm horrible at that one. You know, and it's no different for today. So these are great reminders, the attitudes of our heart and how we interact with God, how we interact with other people um, and how we are. And so today we're going to talk about the scripture. Let me just go right to the scripture, right? Real quick. Matthew 5, 9. Here it is. Ready? Blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called sons of God. And I was at the beginning, just like last week, it fools me at the beginning, you know, when I'm getting ready to study and I'm, what am I gonna, how am I gonna do this? What am I gonna say? You know, it's like, oh, peacemakers, okay, cool. Just be nice, right? Be nice and you'll be good. That's all that, but it's so much more than that, you guys. And so listen, the question that we wanna start with today is, is this. What does success or victory look like for you? And it's complicated. That's a complicated question because there's success in our marriage, with our parenting, with our kids, you know, in our professional lives. What is success? What does victory look like? And so you have to answer that question constantly through different um, parts of your life, right? Let me tell you something. I'm competitive. I like to win. I, uh, you know, I'm loud. I'm very generous with my opinions. Um, I like to word it like that. But I'm going to tell you, I come by it honestly. My mother is very generous with her opinions, 
as well, as she also likes to win. She's very competitive. Um, and so, listen, my brother, um, one of my, I have three brothers I talk about all the time. Um, one of them was actually, he's a drummer, and he's a really good drummer. Uh, and he was actually on tour with Casting Crowns. So if you don't know who Casting Crowns is, now, oh, okay, hold on. I may have, now, he wasn't the drummer. Um, he was the drum tech. And what that means is he got to set up the drums for the drummer, right? But, I mean, it's still kind of cool. And he was like, he was considered the vice president of Casting Crown's drumming, right? So if, there, if something happened to their drummer, my brother would be the person that stepped up and could drum for the show. And so we, because my brother's on tour with these guys, setting up their stuff and grabbing them lunch and stuff, you know? Um, so we got to go see Casting Crown. So we got to go backstage and hang out a little bit. And this one time, my mom was there and she said, listen, uh, to the drummer, don't take this the wrong way, but I kind of hope that you hurt yourself <laughs> today because my son would, I get to see it, right? Who's mom? What, what moms here don't relate to that, right? And dads and brothers and sisters. And, I mean, like, we want to see our people succeed, right? I mean, how cool would it have been for my mom and dad and all of us brothers to see my brother drumming at Casting Crowns? Uh, but instead, uh, you know, it didn't happen. It was fine. And he actually was like, okay. He was like, I'm going to stay away from you, because <laughs> clearly. But listen, that's, that's the Martin way. We're going we're gonna to tell you what we want, and sometimes tell you how we're going to get it, you know? She's nonviolent, but she, you know, most of the time. Listen, I have to call my mom almost every week, because there's a story of violence or something, you know, especially during these Beatitudes, like talking about meekness and, you know, your heart and all that. And like all the stuff, my mom's horrible at it. So, but here's the problem. I am my mom's son, right? And so I, you can tell we're a lot alike, right? If you, if you see us, she, she was here in 2017 um, on Mother's Day and was actually up here speaking with me. And she was tame, you guys. You guys didn't get to see the real Cheryl um, that I've grown to, to know and love. But anyway, there we are. So she says, listen, don't take this the wrong way, but, you know, I'm hoping you... It's not, nothing major, just unable to drum tonight. You know, that's kind of where she was at. But peacemaker, blessed are the peacemakers, because they're going to be called the sons of God. Like, this is a cool promise when you get it, kind of dig into it. Now, I want to start with this. This is not simply the absence of conflict. This is not simply the absence of war or conflict. I mean, we've seen this. Listen, we're all... Getting ready. Well, a lot of us are getting ready to go and include other people in a large meal towards the end of November, right? Thanksgiving, and then we have Christmas right after that. And for some of us, we know that just the absence of arguing and yelling and stuff does not mean that there's peace in our houses, right? Now, for us, for the Martins, when it's loud, that's, that's the peaceful time for us. If it's quiet, then there's a problem, you know? So it's not just the absence of conflict or war that is peace. All right, so I, I want to make sure that we all understand that. And we, we know this. We see this. But more often, this is played out in smaller interactions day to day. And so when we read this scripture, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. What is this? Okay, so peacemakers, people that are actually, like this is an action. You have to be intentional. You, we are bringing peace where we go. We are making peace. 
where we go, where we are, in our professional lives, in our personal lives, when we're at Casting Crowns concerts. We are making peace, right? We're bringing peace with us. This is something that is very intentional. And listen, if you look at your life, look at your interactions. The second question today, first, what do you consider to be victory? Second, are you a peacemaker? Are you a peacemaker? If you look at your life, your professional side, your personal side, do you make peace where you go? Listen to this quote. We are never more like God than when we take the peace of God that we have into a world that desperately needs it. We are never more like God. I am never more like Cheryl Martin when I say rude things and am generous with my opinion. You know, I don't talk about my dad very much. I talk about him some, but he was so quiet. He didn't do anything embarrassing. He's, he's just like, he was the rock of our family. And, and every once in a while, I get that way too. I get quiet, right? And I just, I try to be helpful. I don't try to enter into, like it never, hardly ever happens. But when I do that, that's when I'm most like my dad. But I just am so, like, I, I like to say what's on my mind, you know? So how do I become a peacemaker? How do I become a person who is intentionally bringing peace where we go, right? Well, it starts with this. Let me go back to that quote. We are never more like God than when we take the peace of God that we have into the world that desperately needs it. So here's the problem. We have to have that peace. We have to have that peace first in order to be able to make peace wherever we go. So we have to have that peace. Romans 5.1. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So through our faith in Jesus Christ, we have peace. This is it. Like this is where it all begins. And so maybe you're sitting here today and you're like, you know what? I don't know that I have that, that peace. So Jesus came to the earth, right? God sent his only son. He came to the earth. He, sent, he lived a sinless life. And then he was placed on the cross, crucified. And then three days later, oh, he's buried for three days. Three days later, rose, rose again, defeating death and sin, being our payment, our sacrifice, so that we can spend eternity with him. That is where the peace comes from. And so sitting here today or watching online, we have to understand this is the, this is the beginning of peace. This is it, this relationship with Jesus. Now, once we have this, there's some other things that kind of have to take place, right? As we work out our salvation, as we live into peace, as we grow in our relationship with God. And one of the things that came that I think maybe God kind of pointed out today or, the, or this, this week as I was studying is we have to know who we are and who we are not, right? Let me read this scripture here. Uh, a large part of peace is knowing who we are not. Jesus is telling his followers in John 16, that he's like, listen, this is right before the cross. He's like, I'm going to go. And you guys, it's going to get rough and you're going to get scattered, right? I just want to let you know what's going on. In John 16, 33, he says this. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. So Jesus was being very clear. Listen, it's going to be difficult. Things are going to happen. It's going to be confusing. It's going to be weird. But listen, I have overcome the world. Take heart. I'm here. 
You know, other scripture, he says, I'm sending the Holy Spirit. We don't have to go through things alone. So part of having peace is understanding who I am and who I am not. I'm not God. It's not all on my shoulders. I'm responsible for who God is asking me to be. And I'm not responsible even for the results. Because I don't know what his plan is. His ways are higher than our ways. If I knew what God's plan was, man, that would, that would help a lot. Right? How many feel like that? You're, middle, and you're in the middle of something, you're just like, man, I wish I knew what the, where, where's the good here? How is God working in this situation? Because I don't see it, right? But listen, that's not for us. We're to be obedient. We're to live how God is asking us to live. And today, that looks like bringing peace wherever we go. So we have to have that peace. We have to bring that peace and understanding that that's it. It's, we don't have the weight of the world on our shoulders. But there are a lot of different reasons why we don't experience peace, right? That's one of them. We just, you know, you know, those, you know what I'm talking about? Like people are just, like the weight of the world is on the shoulders. Everything is on them. It's so heavy. And then there's fear and anxiety and self-doubt. All these things creep in. Well, here's what it says, Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, you can't even understand where this peace is coming from in the middle of the most difficult things. This peace will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Again, understanding who am I and who am I not? I'm not God. And God says, listen, bring that stuff to me. Pray about it. Let me know. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. In the last two years, in the last five years, <laughs> there's been some serious prayers. I've been letting God know how I feel, what's going on, as if he doesn't know. But I'm bringing that to him. Prayer and supplication. This is something, a little side note that I learned this week. That prayer and supplication. Prayer is you, you're talking to God, right? And part of supplication, I don't know if you guys ever, maybe this is just something cool that I learned. But part of supplication is this. God, this is what's going on. This is what I would like to see come from it. This is what I would, how I would like to see it play out. This is my, this is what I would like. Right? And I thought that was interesting. So don't be anxious about things, right? But in everything, bring it to God and tell God what you would like. Tell God what you would like. Now, you know, how many of you guys made plans and then that's just not how it works, right? That we experience that, right? Because again, God's ways are higher than our ways, but he wants to hear from you. He wants us to lay it at his feet. The fear and anxiety. And why do we have that? Like there's all kinds of reasons that fear and anxiety and self-doubt, all of this stuff creeps into our lives, right? And it robs us of our peace. And this is a, a huge subject. Okay, so don't feel like I'm, I'm about to fix all these problems, you know, because, well, first of all, I don't know how to fix any problems. Like I'm still working on one of my own from childhood. But listen, I'm just telling you. There's a ton of reasons, and we can't cover it all today, but here's what I know. I know that fear and anxiety and self-doubt are robbing us 
from the peace that God wants us to experience. And for a number of reasons. I mean, it could be because we're living a life that we know that we shouldn't be living. And sometimes that's not even, like, I'm not even talking about immoral things. I'm just talking about where our path has been changed. And we're not where we, we know that we're supposed to be. And maybe it's not even our fault. Maybe we don't even know how to get out of it. There's a ton of reasons why we're living in fear and anxiety, self-doubt. Maybe it's because we've allowed what the enemy says to creep in and change us and affect us, and we believe it. Right? Like God has a plan for your life, plans to prosper you, good things. Live life to the fullest, right? Have this peace that you can't understand. But the enemy's speaking in your ear and saying, listen to you, but not you. You don't deserve it. Look, so look at what you've done. You don't deserve this. He's not talking about you. Listen, it's you. It's everyone. This is God's perfect plan for your life, is to have this peace so that we can now take that peace and be a peacemaker. Maybe it's a lack of godly community around you that speaks life into you instead of your own thoughts that you kind of get wrapped up in. It is so important to have people around you who will encourage you in the faith and give you wise counsel and help you really to just see how dumb you are sometimes. Like, listen, snap out of it. This is not the truth. This is not you. This is not what God has for you. Knock it off, you know. Sometimes that's what we do in my house. We just slap each other when we get stupid. But that's it. Like, what is it? Is it what is it for you? What is robbing your peace? We have to identify that. And then we have to work on that. You know, I say this almost every week. Part of what we do here on Sundays is we, we'll, we'll talk about a lot of things, right? Not solving any problems, but we're touching on some things here and there, right? And then you're going to go home. You're going to be like, you know what? That part, that part right there, that's what I need. And well, let's dive into it. Let's dive into it. Let's get, let's get deeper. Let's figure this out. Okay, how can I apply this to my life? What does this mean for me? Like, this is the thing that we got to do from here. We've got to go and take it to the next level. But don't mistake having peace with having a perfect life. If you're waiting for the perfect life, you know, like, I'll have peace once these kids grow up and get out of my house. No, you won't. Because I'm 44 years old, and I'm still calling my dad, hey, man, I, listen, my car's got a flat tire. Can you come change it? You know? <laughs> Right? It's not when the kids leave. It's not when you get this better job or this move to this place or do this. Like, that's not peace. That's not when it's going to come. Listen, here's the thing. We don't need our problems to go away. We need our perspective to change. If we're looking for peace in our life, we have to understand, my problems are not going to go away. In John 16, that's one of the things that he says. Listen, you're going to experience difficult things. You're, this is life. Welcome. Like, it's going to be difficult. Sometimes it doesn't go perfectly. Sometimes. Sometimes. Every once in a while, things go our way, right? Is that how we feel sometimes? Listen, it's not going to be great all the time. It's not. But we can still experience peace, and then we can bring that peace where we go. And this verse, blessed are the peacemakers, they shall be called sons of God. Man, this is a big verse. Because what it's saying is this. If you are a child of God, you will be a peacemaker. So flip it, up, flip it backwards. 
If you're a child of God, you will be a peacemaker. And this is convicting to me because I'm going to tell you, I go from zero to 10 real fast. But then I go from 10 to zero real fast. Like I get over it really quickly. But I'm not all the time bringing peace where I go. And this is okay. So I've identified the problem. Now how do I, what do I do? Let's look at Isaiah 41.10. Fear not. For I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Now, let me, I got to read that again. Fear not, for I am with you. I am with you. This is God. Fear not, I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Let me tell you something. When I go from zero to 10 and I set peacemaking on the shelf for a little bit, it is because I feel like things are out of control and I have to quickly regain control. Right? We feel that way? I have to, man, I got to jump in. I got to, ooh, I got to bulldoze this situation here real quick. Because really, if, if I'm being honest, most of the time it's because it's inconveniencing me. It's making my life more difficult, and I don't need anything else more difficult. So I'm going to bulldoze this over real quick because I don't, I don't need it. Right? But God says, listen, take it easy. I got you. Right? Or we, 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 we're, we're like stopped. We're suffocating in anxiety and fear and self-doubt. God is saying, listen, I got you. I'm with you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I love that. So how do we start? We have to see things through God's eyes. We have to shift our, we don't need to remove the, the difficult. We have to change our perspective. Seeing things through God's eyes. So let me, let me go, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5, verse number 16. Here's what it says. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. So once we become Christians, once we believe in Jesus, like just like what we talked about, once we receive that peace, now, from now on, we react differently. We regard no one according to the flesh. So we don't have interactions anymore as if we would before we were a Christian, before we had the peace of God in our hearts. We don't act like that anymore. Our perspective is changed. Our priorities are changed. Let me tell you, when we... Uh, had Finn, our first kid, we had a Nissan Versa, little tiny, like got, I think three or 400 miles to the gallon. Like it was, it just made sense. It was a great car. You know, we were married for only, you know, a few years and it was economical. It was a good car. It got us back and forth to a different, you know, going to my parents in Atlanta or wherever we had to go for holidays or whatever, you know, whatever it was. It was reliable. It was a good car. When we had Finn, he came with a lot of stuff, right? We quickly realized that we cannot go to my parents' house for Christmas because with his stroller and his pack and play and his diaper bag and all of this stuff that we had, you know, we're new parents, so we cared. Like, we wanted to make sure he was comfortable and, you know, whatever. Like, you can't just put him on a bed with a pillow, you know, and I think maybe that's frowned upon. I don't know. He made it. He's 11, so we're good. But things changed, right? Our priorities changed. Okay, so we had to sell a car and get a bigger car 
because we bought bought because we bought a child on the black market. I did the same thing last service. I don't know why. I don't know where that comes from. He was expensive. I'll tell you that right now. But but he's he's ours because we paid for him. I have the receipt. I don't know. We'll edit that out. But listen, things changed. He completely shifted our priorities and how we acted now, right? We made, we made different decisions. Let me tell you, when he was about one and a half, we stopped going out to eat. Our priorities changed. We no longer wanted to be that family in the restaurant that everybody was looking at. <laughs> right? We're like, okay, we're going to have to give this a break for a little bit. We'll come back when he's like, you know, 18. I'm going to tell you, one time we were in jalapenos and he took his plate. No, he wasn't arguing, he wasn't fighting, he wasn't being mean, he was just a kid learning what happens when you take a plate and throw it, and it landed on top of the plate in the booth next to us. So it was at that point we decided, maybe we should microwave some Lunchables or something, I don't know what it is, we're going to have to stop taking kids out in public. We just got to the point where we could do that again. And the problem is this, now he's, he'll be 11 uh, this week. Um, now he eats like an adult. And so we have to stop again because it's too expensive. Like we can't, I can't do this. Like, what do you want from McDonald's? Uh, number three and a number four. And I'm like, shut up, man. Like, when can he get a job? I don't know. But this is the thing. Our priorities change, right? We accept that peace in our lives. And now, from now on, therefore, we regard no one according to flesh. When we deal with people, when we talk to people, when we treat people, this is not how we used to do it. Not what comes natural, to me anyway, because I was a horrible person. Not what comes natural to me as a human being. No. Now, he has replaced my heart of stone with my heart of flesh, right? He has removed my old self. Here's what it says in the next verse in, in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So I'm not the old person anymore. I'm not the old person anymore, so I can't react the way. I can't bring chaos and contention into my relationships anymore because that's not who I am. I'm a new creation. But let me tell you something. Some of us have gotten really good at spiritual CPR. Okay, let me explain. When we need that old person, because this is really, that person really hurt my feelings. That person cut me off. That person did that thing to me. And when I need to react the way that I really think I, need, I should react, I got to revive that old person for a little bit because this new peaceful guy is not working. Like it doesn't get the reactions. It doesn't get the results that I'm really wanting. So we get really good at spiritual CPR. We revive that old nature, right? Bring him back. Listen, he's gone. She's gone. God says, you're a new creation. You're a new creation. But this is a decision that we have to make every single day. Every day, I die to myself. I put this back. I put this down. I leave that alone. And I come and I'm like, God, what do you want from me today? Who am I today? Where am I bringing peace today? God, this is happening to me. How should I be reacting? Like This is our, our filter. It goes through God's eyes, God's perspective. What does this mean for me? How do I react? What, how am I, what does this mean? What do I do? God, what would you do? And you know what helps with this is when we know Scripture. 
So something super difficult is coming along. You know what? I remember Sam had that verse, Isaiah 41, and it says, fear not, I'm with you. Okay, I need to remember that. God's with me right now. Okay, he's going to hold me. He's, he's with me. I'm not going through this by myself. I got it. Here we go. And it completely shifts your perspective. It puts you right back on the right path very quickly. We have to let our old nature go. And then verse 18, 2 Corinthians 5, 18. All this from God, who through Christ Jesus reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. This is it. God, through Christ Jesus, reconciled us to himself. Through Christ Jesus, through Jesus' death on the cross, invited us to peace. We have the gift of peace through salvation. But that's not where it stops. Because then gave us the ministry of reconciliation. He gave us the ministry of now bringing peace wherever we go. That's why this is so important. Because listen, being a peacemaker means that you'll make peacemakers. And what we're told to do is go and make disciples. It's the same thing. We're going and making disciples. We're going and making peacemakers. And if we're to be sons and daughters of God, children of God, we will be peacemakers, disciple makers. So we started with the question, what does success or victory look like to you? Sometimes we can lose perspective and it can be this location, this house, this job, this car, whatever it is. But is it making disciples? Am I making the decisions that I make through God's eyes, with God's perspective, as best I can? Because my goal is not success in the world's eyes. My goal is success in God's eyes, which is making peacemakers, bringing peace where we go. Matthew 5, 9, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Children of God will be peacemakers. Gateway Church, we exist to invest in and invite people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. We, inv we exist to invest in and invite people into peace. That's it. That's why we're here. That's what God is calling us to do. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be sons of God. We have to see God's perspective as best we can. And listen, I said it before. This is how you get there. Reading his scripture. Praying. Getting to know the heart of God. How do I know how to navigate through this situation? Well, let's see what the Bible says. Or let's see what the Holy Spirit is telling me. Because I'm listening. I'm in tune with the Spirit. Because I've been praying, I've been seeking after his face. When I'm not in the middle of a chaotic environment where it's impossible to be at peace because I'm not prepared. But I'm prepared. That's why I can be in a chaotic environment and bring peace. We have to allow God to make us peaceful people. And it's not going to happen, like I said, in the middle of a crazy environment. 
We've got to set aside time. We have to be intentional. This peacemakers, it's intentional. We have to prepare for it. Let's pray. God, I thank you today for who you are and what you're teaching us, what you're teaching me through this series, and especially today, Lord. Thank you for great reminders. God, I pray now today, if there was anyone here, Lord, today that does not know you as, as, as their personal Savior, that today is the day. Lord, I pray that today there are people here realizing right now, you know what, I don't have this. I'm not a peacemaker. God, I, t- I pray that today they make the decision. Today is the day. Start a relationship with you or to write their relationship with you. We thank you for who you are, that you love us, that you've reconciled us with you. You have offered peace to us. And now, Lord, give us the strength to bring peace 